Welcome to Topless Government. This show is a cross between schoolhouse rock and civics for the masses. I'm the host, Crystal Ellerby. I live, breathe, eat, and sleep politics. I've done two tours of duty in the U.S. Senate, and I've done one tour of duty in the U.S. House of Representatives. I've had the privilege of working in state and local government, corporate America, and several lobbying firms here in Washington, D.C. This is the beginning of the, f- the first season of Topless Government, and I'll be discussing some topics that will be of top of mind to everyone, providing an insight on how your government works. So let's start this journey together so I can geek out with you. In this um, inaugural premiere episode, let's dig into about the recent Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. Let's talk about it. You know, it's the elephant in the room, but, but let's talk about this. So everybody is fully aware on Friday, June 24th, the Supreme Court finally overturned Roe v. Wade by a vote of five to four. And Chief Justice Roberts actually voted with the minority. And I have to say, was surprised by that, but also I'm not surprised about it now because um, recent revelations have um, been made publicly that the Chief Justice actually lobbied his Republican colleagues with regards to the potential overturning of Roe v. Wade. And I think once the Alito majority opinion was leaked, all bets were off. And so now we need to talk about the ramifications of Roe v. Wade. I can tell you this as a woman. I mean, I'm I'm in my 50s and I have always lived under Roe v. Wade. And the fact that now I don't have the right to get a legal abortion is wrong. Now, let me take a little, let me take a step back. In Washington, D.C., it's still legal to have an abortion. It's still legal. However, um, you know, if Congress has its way, should the Republicans take back control after the midterms? I have to tell you this. They are going to push through a federal abortion ban. That's what they're going to do if they take control back of the House and Senate. But the good thing is, we, you know, President um, Joe Biden is a Democrat and he can veto it. But nonetheless, even now, there are states that have trigger laws. And essentially, the trigger law was passed by the state legislator legislation um, earlier on. And it basically said, Should the Supreme Court overturn Roe v. Wade, then a ban on abortion will take effect. Now, this has happened in the state of Louisiana. It has happened in other states as well. And I got to tell you, it's very, very scary. Um, I hope a lot of you have seen this campaign ad uh, in the Texas gubernatorial race. And it's actually quite fascinating. Um, And it it actually, it's direct and to the point. It basically talks about the incumbent governor, Greg Abbott, 
Now he has a decision. He has the right to make a decision for women to get an abortion. You really need to see the clip because it basically it's a husband and wife in a doctor's office in the examining room. And they're told by their physician that there's something is wrong with their unborn child that is still in the mother's uterus. And essentially the doctor is saying, hold on one second. He picks up this red phone and guess who he's calling governor Abbott to get his permission to allow this woman to have an abortion. And, and she needs to have this abortion because there are issues with the fetus. Long story short, the physician basically says, I'm sorry, you're on your own. Governor said no. So, you, you know, each and every woman in America should be really angry about this. Because I have to tell you, Republicans have been running the long game on abortion. And they are good at messaging. And they will continue to be good at messaging because they truly believe that it's the right of the unborn to be saved, no matter what. Even if a woman is raped or is incest, there are no exceptions, which is wrong. And I know a lot of you are trying to figure out what Congress can do. Well, you know, the House did its job. You know, they, they, they passed the bill with regards to, you know, access to abortion. They did. And it went over to the Senate and it died. Now, you're asking and you're probably scratching your head, well, why? Well, I'm going to tell you why, because there's a 50-50 split in the Senate. Um, you know, the vice president has a tying vote, but unfortunately, under Senate rules, you need 60 votes for legislation. Now, you don't need 60 votes when it comes to judicial nominations. You only need a simple majority of 51 and that was done through a nuclear option that was passed when the Democrats were in control. And when the former um, majority leader, Harry Reid, from Nevada was in control. And so y'all really need to think about how to move forward with regards to Roe v. Wade. So one of the other things that the House recently did last week was to... Make sure that you have access to contraceptions. And the bill passed. It passed overwhelmingly. And eight Republicans voted for that bill. And it was the Right to Contraceptive Act. So as we move forward, this past Wednesday, Senator Ed Markey, who's a Democrat from Massachusetts, he asked for unanimous consent to bring up the Right to Contraceptive Act, Contraception Act. Guess what happened? It only takes one senator. So Senator, um, the senator from Kansas, she made the decision to object. Um, it was Senator Ernst, Joni Ernst. She objected. And so this is going to continue to go on because the Republicans are going to continue fighting this battle because it, it's all about control for them. Um, it is not about the unborn child. And they keep saying, well, you know, we're not going to prevent you access, you know, to contraceptives, um, you know, to birth control, you know, condoms. 
let's talk about that for a moment. So it's been in the media that folks who have gone to certain, you know, stores and have, you know, went up to the cash register and they've had condoms or any kind of other, you know, contraceptions that are at, um, you know, these stores and the cashier said, no, I'm not going to ring it up. It is now even to the point that some pharmacies are asking about certain medications like methotrexate, which is used for rheumatoid arthritis. Um, that can be used to cause an abortion. So they're asking women if they are prescribed this by their physician, what are you using it for? This is where we are now. <clears throat> Excuse me. They're looking at every means to restricting your health care needs. And again, you really need to focus on this. Now, the House is doing its job on passing individual pieces of legislation. However, it's continuing to be stalled in the Senate. And I know a lot of you are really frustrated when you hear people say the following. You need to vote November 8th. Democrats in the Senate need two or more senators to get the job done, to get President Biden's agenda done. I know you're tired of it. I know you're frustrated. And I get it. But, but that's, the, that's the way of the world right now that we're living in. It really, really is. And so what we need you to do is think about what is going on up on Capitol Hill. If you have questions about, you know, the legislative process and the procedure, you know, you should start educating yourself a little bit more. And that's one of the reasons why I want to do this podcast, because I want to educate you about the process. A lot of it is unfamiliar to a lot of you. Um, for me, I I actually always loved, you know, legislative procedure. You know, I studied it in college. Um, I actually um, did a graduate level course on it as well. And then being in politics for 25 plus years, it's just become set, um, second nature to me. So there are some other things that some of the politicians have been talking about on how they can curb or rein in the Supreme Court. And there is a congresswoman from New York who has found a way to – Congress has um, the ability to curb what the uh, Supreme Court does. Um, I know a lot of you have talked about um, stacking the court. And what I mean is adding more justices to the court. It can be done. And I believe because we have 13 circuits – in the United States, I believe I'll have to go back and check that, but Congress can do it. It can be done, but again, I'm going to go back to something that y'all are not going to like. It will likely go through the House. It'll pass through the House because they have a majority, but in the Senate, you don't because they have a power-sharing agreement because it's 50-50. I mean, and I know that's the headache for everybody because they keep saying, well, the House keeps passing these bills. Or sometimes folks will say, well, they keep saying that they don't have the votes. When you hear Speaker Pelosi say that, believe it. She's not going to bring a piece of legislation to the floor if she realizes she does not have the votes in the Democratic caucus. 
And so what people need to understand that there are different thinkers within the Democratic Party. You know, you have the moderates, you have the conservatives, you have the progressives. And so the speaker and her leadership team has to coalesce all of them as one. And as a lot of you have been seeing, they've been um, they've been airing their dirty laundry out in public, which actually defeats what they're trying to do. And so just think about how hard it is for Speaker Pelosi to herd these cats, because that's exactly what it is. It is like herding cats. And so she is going to bring a bill to the floor when she knows that she can definitely get it passed, specifically without getting any support from Republicans. Republicans have been voting no on everything. They want to block the uh, Biden-Harris agenda. That, that's their ultimate goal. They want to block everything. And that's what, you know, Senate um, Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, that's his job. And the one thing that all of you have to understand, Republicans, if they disagree on some things, they're not going to air it out in public. They are lockstep. They are on message. And they are really on message when it comes to abortion. And, you know, they're now going to continue with the long game. And I can tell you that Friday when the overturning of Roe v. Wade happened, there was a woman with the Susan B. Anthony Society. She was being interviewed by uh, Lester Holt. And she basically came out and said, we're not done yet. They're going to go to every state and they're going to get those state legislators to put in place a ban on abortion. They're going to start at the local level, then the state level, and then they're going to do a nationwide federal abortion ban. And that should really scare you. And one of the other things, you know, that I've been seeing, I know y'all remember the separation of church versus, you know, the separation of church and state. Well, that's gone. That has gone out the window. And so you need to understand you have the religious right basically dictating your rights to health care because they believe that the life of an unborn child is more important than those children that are already out here. And actually, I want to talk a little bit more about that. Um, I've been hearing, and I, I'm like, I'm going to go into a little bit of sports because y'all, because some of y'all will probably relate to this. And I'm a little confused by the head coach of the University of Michigan's football team saying this. So the president of the University of Michigan came out and said that she supports, you know, uh, pro she's pro-choice. Um, and basically the head coach has said, no, he's, he's pro-forced birth. And that if anybody um, has a child that he, would, he and his wife would adopt it. And if any of his football players got into the situation of their girlfriends or significant others got pregnant and they couldn't, you know, if they, um, if they couldn't get an abortion, if they can't get an abortion, that they would adopt it. That's total BS. And I'm going to tell you why it's total BS. There are hundreds of thousands of children that are in the foster care system. Why don't you adopt those first and foremost? Because that's what a lot of these conservatives have been coming around saying. Oh, I'll adopt your child. I'll adopt your child. 
Well, guess what? We already got people in the system that need to be adopted. How come you haven't adopted them? And then also, let's talk about, you know, Republicans saying, oh, we're going to give you the resources. No, they're not going to give you the resources to help you raise a child that you wanted to get an abortion. And because of a variety of reasons, they're not going to give you child care funding. They're not going to give you funding for chips for the children. You know, they're not going to give you more money for Medicare. They're not going to give you more money, you know, for education. So let me get this straight. Again, they care more about the unborn child. But when the child comes into this world, you're on your own. So that should really anger you because they don't care. It is all about control. It's never been about the unborn child. It is all about control. So I will tell you again, there are, there are limited things that can be done um, by the president through executive order. And he has done some things and he's basically making sure that there is more access to health care when it comes to abortion and contraceptions. But also you need to remember in some states, you know, if a physician is found out to have, you know, done a, a, a abortion procedure, they will go to jail. And then also think about this. Your neighbors will have the ability to narc on you, to sell you out to the government because they honestly believe that you should not have the right, the fundamental right to your own body to get an abortion if you cho- if you so choose and if you medically need to have it. And that's the thing that, you know, that, that strikes me as very odd that the Republicans who are laissez-faire or supposed to be laissez-faire when it comes to the government, but they're in your bedroom right now. They're all in your business and that should make you extremely angry because I thought they were all about less government. This is about more government and more government intrusion on their part. And so I hope that a lot of you will, you know, give money to these um, abortion funds that are all over the country. Um, I know that there was a young lady who was actually ridiculed by Representative Matt um, Gatz from Florida, and she was able to fundraise a couple of million dollars. So... Y'all, please give what you can give to folks, to the health care providers, because a lot of them are going to go into states where it's still legal. Um, but y'all need to understand that this is a momentous time that we're living in right now and that everybody needs to, like, help out. And in those states, please give money to Planned Parenthood. Or give money to, you know, those organizations that you feel comfortable in giving. Give money to Emily's List. Emily's List is an organization that gives money to women candidates who are pro-life. Because that's what they are. They're pro-life. Republicans are pro, are pro, you know, forcing you to have a baby. And then also think about um, the 10-year-old girl in the state of of Ohio, who had to travel to Indiana. She was raped. And she had to go to Indiana to get an abortion. And then the so-called attorney general of that state called out the physician in question, and he said he was going to go after her. 
And to her credit, she hired an attorney, and she's now filing a libel suit against him. Good for her. Everybody needs to call them on their BS because it is BS. Your fundamental right to reproductive health care is at risk. So, again, we need to vote. November 8th, we need to vote. We need to bring more women candidates into Congress. And specifically, we need to bring in more Democrats in the Senate because that's the only way we're going to get anything done in the next Congress. And then also think about, you know, the next Congress and what's going to be done. Seriously start thinking about that because if the midterms go the way that the media has been portraying it, we're, okay, we're in a world of trouble. We are in a world of trouble. So I'm hoping that I'm enlightening you on, you know, the terms of the legislative process, how it works, what can be done. And I know y'all not going to like this, what can't be done. Because I've noticed a lot of politicians have been saying, well, this can be done. I mean, they're, lo- they're using absolute terms, but they're not explaining them. And I think y'all need to start calling politicians out when they don't explain what they mean. They need to explain it to you because all of us are living busy lives, you know, because right now the rent is too high. Thank goodness gas prices are going down. But you know what? Everything else, you know, when you go to the grocery store, you're getting hit hard. We still got supply chain issues. And I know a lot of you are very, very frustrated and you want to vote with your pocketbooks. I get it. I totally get it. But what I'm telling you right now, the overturning of Roe v. Wade is fundamental because it leads to other things. And I want to talk about uh, the only African-American man on the Supreme Court. Ah, Justice Thomas. Yeah. So he has basically said because the overturning of Roe v. Wade was based on the precedent of privacy, he wants to go after other things. Let's talk about it. Marriage equality, he wants to go after that. And in all likelihood, they're going to go after Brown versus the Board of Education. And um, one thing that he omitted, ah, loving versus the Commonwealth of Virginia. Do y'all know what that is? Think about who he's married to. I, that, that's, that's, that's a good hint. I'll just put it to you this way. It's about interracial marriages. He's talking about going down that route too. So when Republicans tell you that they're just going to stop with the overturning of Roe v. Wade, they're lying. They're so lying. And you need to call them on it. I mean, I do appreciate the fact that Chief Justice Roberts tried what he tried in vain to get his Republican colleagues to not go as far as they did on overturning Roe v. Wade. It didn't work. And one of the bright spots that I can honestly say with the Biden-Harris administration, he has able, he has nominated a lot of good people on the bench, on the federal bench. But that has also led to the fact that there are more new people on the federal bench in the circuit courts. And so that's a hopeful, bright spot for us. But 
again, we need to do more. I know you want this president to do more. Remember this. His power is not absolute. He's not a king. He can only do but so much. Now, I know a lot of you have been talking about what he should, you know, do a, um, uh, a national emergency. Yeah, but, you know, you, you really need to think about that. Um, he's doing his best. I know a lot of you don't want to hear that. But, you know, the day and age that we're in, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's difficult. Because I can tell you in the past when I've worked on Capitol Hill, you know, we were able to, you know, socialize with those on the other side. That doesn't happen very often now because it's become so polarized. And I mean, and that's unfortunate. I think if a lot of members of Congress just sat down over a meal, you know, have some drinks and just get to know each other socially, I think it would be a little harder for you to vote against something. But, you know, maybe that might happen. Maybe it won't. But again, you know, we're living in precarious times right now. But you need to understand you do have the power. Your power is in voting. But not just on the federal level. You need to vote on the, uh, on the local and state level because that's where the battle is right now for abortion rights. So I hope that all of you that live in Texas, that you vote for the Democratic nominee. Um, I can say that, you know, he's doing very well, but, you know, y'all need to vote for him because Texas is struggling. They're really, really struggling and so just hope that you vote for that Democratic candidate because the women in Texas are being oppressed. They really, really are. I mean, and you know, one of my friends who's from San Antonio, she was talking to a fellow Texan and he said, you know, I'm getting kind of tired of people saying that Texas is a, is a red state. He basically bluntly, and he said it accurately, Texas is an oppressed state. They have rigged it. They have gerrymandered it to the point that you can't even get a break when you vote. And then also they are making it harder for you to vote. They're restricting the way you can vote. And even in Georgia, they're, I mean, they're basically restricting the way that you can vote. They're going to do this by any means necessary because I'm going to tell you, Republicans are afraid of the browning of America. It's already started. And, you know, by a certain point, white Americans are going to be in the minority. And I have to honestly tell you, they are scared. They're scared that they think that people of color will subject them to what the people of color have been subjected to. And I have to honestly tell you, as a woman of color, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm like, I'm not really thinking about y'all. I'm like, I'm not. I'm like, I'm trying to live my life day to day. And, and all of you are trying to do the same thing. All we want is fairness. And all we want to, is to be treated with dignity. I mean, is, is that too much to ask? And I think right now the dignity of women, and particularly young women, teenage women, women who are in their 20s, who still, you know, have the ability, you know, to have children. They, that right, that fundamental right of abortion is gone. And, I mean, it, it sickens me that we have come to this point. But I can tell you, I mean, this goes back decades. And I think it started um, when Robert Bork was nominated. 
And basically the term borked came into creation is because the Senate Judiciary Committee basically was like, sorry, we're not going through with your confirmation. And I think that was the catalyst that started Republicans thinking, we need a new strategy. And that's when they developed the new strategy. They finally realized, let's start at the, at the local level. Let's start at the state level. And then we'll inch our way up. And I, I got to tell you, you know, Republicans, they control a lot of these state capitals. And it's very, very scary. It, it really, really is very scary. So just think about, you know, how much more they're going to put you through because they haven't stopped. They have not stopped. They're going to continue the assault on your reproductive rights. Now, this is just my opinion, and you can agree with me or you can disagree with me. That's fine. But I, right now, I'm like, I'm, I'm just speaking my truth as I'm living it and as I'm breathing it. Because um, I'm a woman. I'm black. And I'm, I'm, I'm fairly intelligent. And, you know, a lot, a lot of women in this country are too. But just think about how difficult it is when you find out you're pregnant. And if, you know, you find out that the fetus, oh, that the fetus has been compromised, then you have to make a choice, which is gut-wrenching. And, and, you know, no one, no woman makes the choice lightly. And one of the things that I'm proud of is that a lot of women in Congress have come out and they've shared their stories of them having an abortion. And this was when it was illegal. Let me repeat that. When it was illegal. Just think about that. So I'm going to close on that because I just think we have a lot to just digest. And I know it's scary. But you know what? And this too shall pass. It will. It, I mean, it will pass, but we need to come together collectively and we need to stay on message and we need to hit hard on the, on the state and local level. And we need to hold our elected officials accountable because that's what this is about. So I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you so much for letting me into your airwaves. I hope you join me next time on Topless Government, and I hope you have a good weekend. Thank you.